It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have quite a lot of test cricket to cover and some very interesting limited overs cricket as well. So to help us discuss all this, we have two new guests on the podcast from the Back of the Length Cricket Podcast. It's Mark and Rene. Hello, guys. Welcome to Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hi, Ajit. Thanks Hello. for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Uh, very excited for, uh, you know, hosting you guys as well. So because uh, it's been a while since we've had anything uh, or anyone from a New Zealand cricket perspective. So <laughs> I used to have a couple of other uh, cricket podcasters also from New Zealand cricketeers, they were called. Um, okay. It's been a while. Uh, so I think at least 100 episodes since. So very oh, happy to have somebody else. <laughs> um, so... In our podcast, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's been a while. We've been doing it for a while and there's quite a lot of cricket going around. So at least we have never short of material. (laughs) So, well, before we get going, I just wanted to get an idea about when the cricket bug bit you and why it's kept you here. So maybe Mark, you could start off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for those who haven't been able to guess, I am originally from the UK, um, from Liverpool. Originally moved over to New Zealand 2019, been here for four years, but I started playing cricket in the UK when I was about 12. Got onto a group of mates in secondary school uh, back in the UK who were cricket mad. So I picked it up and just loved, loved playing, loved being around sort of mates, having that sort of familial sort of weekend time of playing cricket. And then when I moved over here, decided I was too old and too lazy to carry on playing. So I now just critique from my armchair instead. So this is a very fitting podcast for me to be on. Fair enough. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got into cricket about, about 10 years ago. Um, my brother and dad always watched it, so I, I would sort of start watching it as well. Um, and then, yeah, it was just over 10 years ago I was watching and I thought, oh, I quite like the look of Tim Salby. Um so I kept I kept right. watching. Um and yeah, it's just sort of grown into a bit of an obsession. Um and I just I love the black caps, I love following them around and yeah, like you said, just following as much cricket as we can. Fair enough. So is there a format of the game that you guys prefer? Ours is test match cricket, but uh, how about you guys? Oh. Yeah. I mean my favourite format is watching England beat New Zealand in test cricket. Um, which has been pretty awesome over the last couple of weeks to watch how we go about our work. Um, yeah, test cricket for me is always the pinnacle of the game, right? It's the ultimate skill of test. Uh, sorry, ultimate test of skill. Um, 
and just seeing a game take shape over a few days you know you can see the tactics you can see things start you can see what people are trying to do um yeah that for me is absolutely ultimate and just being able to sit there for five days and watch cricket given how much we really like it is obviously an absolute bonus absolutely mm. Rene? yeah i i mean yeah i agree test cricket is is the pinnacle and i, I you think back to new zealand england second test how it all came down to that final day like how could you think that after five days it would be that exciting but I do have to say I am a little bit of a sucker for a T20 um like local mm. league because I really enjoy watching up-and-coming talent and I find sort of T20 particularly here in New Zealand um the Super Smash is really accessible for a lot of cricketers so mm. yeah I, re- I do enjoy watching local leagues so yeah I mean look the T20i has added a new dimension mm. I dare say the more um the more pace the fast pace that test cricket follows these days more results that are coming one mm. is because of the world test championship the other is because of mm. cricketers themselves having a lot of skill when it comes to both bowling and batting and having a lot of confidence probably test cricket is now played at you know three and a half runs an hour while if you look not so long ago 20 years ago plus probably 2.7 2.8 also mm. it depends on the on the place i suppose in the world where test cricket is being played in certain places it's easier to score faster certain places not but yeah you're right you know i've probably repeated it a few times but test cricket is like a boxing game so you have each session mm. sort of coming through like a boxing round you know so there's yeah. a lot to look forward to but there's going to be a big finish at the end so that's quite something yeah. so i was just going to say you can just see it taking shape you know each session is can swing a game a different way you think one session you know england for example were on top during the second test the next session new zealand were on top and just having that you don't really have that in a t20 game because you haven't got time so to see it sort of um mature over a few days but each kind of throwing their own punches um is is pretty cool to watch you never really know how it's going to end up absolutely also the physical component of the game the game, the part where you know i played three odis or equivalent of three odis over three days and i was almost dead on the fourth right so <laughs> yeah to Pretty be tough. able to get up and come back so yeah. you know in the 70s and 80s they had a rest day in between usually yeah. if if yeah. there was ever a sunday they used to not play cricket on wow. a sunday it used to be the rest day mm. but now it's five continuous days so fifth day probably the most important day of the game how fit mm. are you I mean if you are fielding if you are batting you know mental component is always there but how about the physical one so that's why it's a test right so all of yeah. these things really matter so but you know t20i it's brought a lot of um lot of chances for players who are probably not going to play at a higher level but also bought some exposure and some money in their pockets so yeah. it has its real advantages right Mm. and professionalism that has been inj- injected into certain cricket setups for example i think indian cricket changed by leaps and bounds once the ipl started and then in the first five years of ipl you saw the entire you know the cricketing setup change so mm. th- that was quite something so we can go into that but you know if we look at the games that are currently underway so i think we'll start with that new zealand and um, england game the one that finished it was quite an exciting finish and well, <laughs> new zealand taking the very exciting Yeah, yes. New Zealand taking the victory. We did we did take the victory. It's very exciting. Um yeah, I I I think it was probably one of the greatest games that I've ever seen of test cricket. Um, I was like messaging my boss saying I can't do any work. I'm, I have to watch this game. Should have been a wide. Fair enough. Should have been a wide. I mean, honestly. Absolute oh, stop disgrace. It. Stop I'm still it. so I'm still so salty about it. Absolute disgrace. That's all right. That's all right. So for, you know 256 that England team baseball whatever you'd think yeah come on they'll easily mm-hmm. win this but then a test match cricket has its value and then new zealand they always punch above their weight right so with the new captain saudi mm-hmm. it was going to be an interesting test how the team were going to shape up under him well they punched well and they came back and they took that game so in that last an hour or so i think a few mm-hmm. a few small mistakes here and there joe root the way he got out and then ben folks you know you feel you feel a bit for england but what you know is this england team will yeah. come fighting that yeah. that hacked four by jimmy anderson advancing at neil wagner <laughs> i you thought know, that right was england so good i generally thought that was the game um and yeah, i messaged exactly. renee and i was like yeah oh. game over we need what two to win i think it was um 
And then yeah. there was two wides that weren't given, but hey-ho. I think I honestly think the turning point in our innings was Harry Brook getting run out without facing the ball. Um, obviously, he was playing with a series. He'd scored runs for fun. So I think had Joe Root not have run him out, then um, I think we'd have gone on to win that game. But I think the, the most impressive thing for me was the fact that New Zealand, after their first innings, were down and out. They were, what, 230-odd behind had to bat mm-hmm. again because they had to follow on to be able to put on a score after their batters have been pummeled by our bowlers for, you know, the first test and the first innings of the second test. To go on and put on a score that was big enough to give their bowlers something to defend was was really impressive. And you know about the Black Caps is that they're never, ever going to die wondering. They're always going to put up a fight. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I think that's, um yeah, sort of what we said on our podcast after that was um that when New Zealand came in to when they, the follow-on had been enforced, was they had absolutely nothing to lose. Like they're either going to go down in the series, or they're going to they're going to try force a draw. So it, it almost gave New Zealand a whole lot of freedom to just play how they wanted to. And you saw that with Tom Blundell and Kane Williamson, and it was when Tom Latham also started scoring runs. So mm. I think it just gave our batters weirdly gave our batters a lot of confidence. And yeah, like Mark said, when Harry Brook was run out, the Black Caps thought it was on. Absolutely. But, you know, England also didn't give up. So they kept getting the runs. Joe Root himself sort of almost made up for that run out, right? And yeah. nearly scored 100. What, 100? Yeah, he did, yeah. Fourth innings. Yeah. But look, kudos oh. to the Black Caps having come back after, you know, a follow-on only for the fourth time in 150 plus years of history of Test cricket. So mm-hmm. they deserve yeah. that win and they deserve a share of that series. So well done to them. Moving on, uh, if you were to now look at the next test that's currently being played on your shores, the New Zealand-Sri uh, Lanka mm-hmm. series, which started yesterday. Sri Lanka came back, came back uh, strongly. So it was more like um, concerted team efforts, no 100, but 305 for six in a sort of a truncated day, 75 hours. So which team would be more happy at the end of day one? Ooh, I want to say Sri Lanka. Um it, it's a pretty good score. They're sitting at 305 for six at the end of the day. Um, yeah, like you said, no no centuries, but all the players apart from um, their opening batter have actually scored mm. quite a lot of runs, which is something that New Zealand has been struggling to do when they're batting. They're not getting into these sort of, you know, high 30s, 40s, 50s scores. So I think the Black Caps might be a little bit, unhappy with how their day's gone hmm. except for Tim Southey because Tim Southey took, did take three wickets We're pretty good how about uh, you yeah. Mark I think Sri Lanka are definitely on top you know losing the toss yeah. and being asked to bat on what is uh, again another really green pitch in New Zealand the ball did a lot early on and they only lost the one wicket there in the first session so to be 305 or six at the end of the play on a pitch that is the ball seeming about haven't been asked about, I think New Zealand will be really disappointed and more spotlight is on Tim Saudi and his ability to use the reviews. They've got no reviews left again. Um, and I think that's an area that he actually really needs to look at because there were a couple of close decisions there towards the end of the day hmm. that could have been reviewed, may or may not have been out, but they were a lot closer than the ones that he did review earlier in the day. Um, so that's a real real area of concern is how Tim Saudi uses the hmm. reviews. Well, yeah, he used the review about about 30 minutes into the first game on the opening batter. It was a very bizarre choice. And, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he thought it was a good review. But you're thinking, mate, you're still hopefully, you know, you've still got, what, three, four sessions that yeah. you need these reviews. It was very it was very odd. This is why you should never have a bowler as a captain. Ah, I was about to go there. Everything's right? so, out. <laughs> you, have to, you have to fight off that instinct that everything is out. Right. Yeah. That's why absolutely. and you need to have a slightly calmer head. It's always been a tough job if you are a bowler to captain a team simply because you will be involved in the action at some point in time shortly or you're involved in the action action right away. And you are yeah. you're you have mm. to still keep a few things going in your head. See in test match cricket and in most cricket, you have to be a couple of hours ahead of the game, otherwise you're going to have mm. some trouble. Right. So um that's the one thing. Definitely learning about the DRS, I think, in the England series as well. This that's some learning Tim Saudi has to go through. But look, he's yeah. been around for a while, more than a decade. He'll 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 get there very quickly. So, but let me give you another perspective on this. 305 for six is an excellent uh, score. And Kasun Rajita actually stood up because at you know mm-hmm. six for two sixty eight, couple more wickets. If it was three hundred for eight, 
it was almost even stevens but then for me yeah uh, they always say you know jeffrey boycott says it add two wickets to the score that's the real you know that's the reality of what things can be in 10 minutes right yeah and at the start of the second day you'll again have those same swinging conditions i expect actually black caps to come back and wrap up this uh, new zealand sorry the sri lankan mm-hmm. innings under 350 because look the other three are not much known to be batters asita prabhat or lahiro right so um one wicket might bring a couple quickly and that might be that so it it really depends on this guy dananjay de silva i really like him as a cricketer by the way he's played some yeah. really really defining knocks that uh, that have completely changed the con- complexion of a series a test everything so in a matter of like 2 hours 3 hours he's done it in the third innings or fourth innings of the game so i look forward to him he's usually a bit mercurial he's he's more like len maxwell but a little bit more consistent in his head i think so i'm really looking forward to what happens at the beginning of the day 2 so that will really define how the rest of the series will go i, I dare say so if sri lanka yeah. can bat out a session get to 400 or close to 400 they're scoring at a really good rate here if they can get to around yeah. 400 they have a positive start in the series and new zealand will have to fight back but if new zealand can get the remaining 3 4 wickets in 30 40 runs who knows right that's the way i look at it yeah yeah it's worth yeah, bearing in mind as right well the, the new yeah. balls due in five overs um so mm-hmm. you know you'll have a new ball fresh more fresh pitch in the morning um there might be a little bit of rain about tonight really interesting about rajata is he had an average of 5 Mm-hmm. coming in at number 8 so that kind of shows to your point Ajit um you know there's probably not a lot left to come get an early wicket in the morning get him out get the tail and wrap it up new zealand i think will be happy to keep it under sort of 330 mm-hmm. mm. yeah i think anything over 350 and sri lanka are ahead of the game but yeah i think i think if new zealand can pick them off um very early in in the first session then they'll be they'll be happy with that new zealand bowlers with fresh legs in the morning and uh, hopefully can get something out of the pitch um and then yeah if they can come into bat you you are looking at um Tom Latham batting on his home ground um he absolutely loves Hagley Oval so mm. if he can get a partnership with Devon Conway the Black Caps could get well underway on day 2 now but you know uh, the top order of New Zealand owes them a few runs the top and the middle <laughs> so they only yeah. really came good in the fourth innings of that uh, series it was in england so they they'll want to do that in the first or the second innings of the series already so yeah. look in the bigger picture new zealand have an outside chance of making the world test championship final one if australia do them a favor and probably either hold india or beat india in the fourth test right mm-hmm. but new zealand will have to be beaten twice so that's the whole point they have to take the series to nil here sri lanka so hmm. i think yeah. they're geared up for that that's the whole bigger picture here because for a lot of the players in this 11 sri lankan 11 i must say it's a sort of a last hurrah because look at dinesh chandimal he's come back into the team we don't know if he'll be here around for much longer angelo matthews body it's like popperdum held together by duct tape i think these days <laughs> and you have a bunch of new generation people the dimut karunaratna has a couple of good years in him yet but Mm-hmm. Orshada Fernando Kusal Mendes has been a really really good talent who's gone nowhere right off field issues caught smoking somewhere in Leicester Square whatever so uh, during <laughs> corona Niroshan Dikwala all of these people have a lot to offer and if these two or three big guys go out the youngsters have to then show them Sri Lankan cricket is in good hands right so yeah. it's sort of a it's sort of a very important series if you are a sri lankan fan so lot to look forward to here for me so i'll be keeping a close eye on this series because anyway it's test match cricket and it's i love cricket <laughs> in the southern hemisphere i must say this i love it more than in the northern hemisphere so it's being played new in zealand especially is a, yeah new zealand especially is a really cool place to watch cricket mm-hmm. i found it's my favorite place to watch it just sitting on the grass banks soaking in the sunshine it's beautiful absolutely that is one pivotal test if you go to the other one that's currently underway australia india so i don't know if you guys saw the third test it's been a few days in between but i don't know what happened india blinked india for a second just i think took their eyes off the eyes off the important things and australia came back and beat them just i guess the lesson you never uh, forget you are playing australia i guess yeah if there's <laughs> i guess if there's one team that can win tests in in india at the moment it 
you'd probably say it'd be Australia, um, maybe England. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Australia have been good for the last couple of years. There's a reason that they've made the World Test Championship final. Um, this was always going to be their biggest test and the first two tests they failed. Um, but I think they may have gotten themselves a little bit more used to the conditions. Um, I'm just looking at a scorecard at the moment for the current test that is 94 for two off 34. So a relatively solid start. Yeah. So, but Rene, any chance you are following the series? Um, yeah, I'm sort of just keeping an, keeping an eye on it. Like we said, sometimes the timing of it is a bit a bit hard here in New Zealand. Um, yeah, it, it's been an interesting series for Australia because they've been really struggling with injuries. So you've had David Warner go home. Pat Cummins is now um, no longer available for this test. So they're, they're mm. really chopping and changing, um, which why I, w- I was a bit surprised they managed to, to sneak that win uh, over India. Um, yeah, I, I think this fourth test is anybody's game. You've got mm. um, Kawaja in at the moment who is just playing so well for Australia overseas. So he's 40 um, of 113. Steve Smith is in good form. Um, I'm a big fan of Cameron Green and Alex Carey. So, yeah, I, I think this this could go either way and it could be another day five thriller. I think so, but maybe it'll not get to day five. Uh, both sides have packed. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe there's wishful thinking. <laughs> no, I mean, both sides have packed their uh, teams with spinners, 3-3 each. So that gives you an mm. idea. This is sort of a crumbling pitch. So if it's a traditional wicket, so Indians were talking of a pacey wicket, but probably after the loss of the third test, they have gone back to formula, uh, strength at home. Yeah. So mm. they have two fast bowlers who can bowl, you know, these incisive spells in Umesh Yadav and Shami. But mostly it will be the three spinners will be doing a lot of bowling. So it looks like, you know, a traditional pitch, two good days, and then the pitch will start crumbling. And then it may end in third, fourth, or fifth day, depending on how well the teams have set themselves up. But for now, you guys are absolutely right. Australia have set themselves up really well. And Stephen Smith has not had a really big impacting innings yet in the series. You know, Kwaja has made two of those. You're right. I thought he played the innings of the test match in the third one. So Mm. when you look at that, again, this might be a test match where you bat big, bat once if you are batting first, which Australia already are doing. But on the yeah. other hand, the mm-hmm. first match scores, the first inning scores will be really important. So whichever team takes even a 50 or a 60 run lead might be very, very crucial in this game. So from that perspective, I dare say Australia are beautifully set up. So if mm-hmm. they can even finish with the scores of any of these other tests, right? 311 for seven or 305 for six, they'll mm-hmm. take it with both their hands as things stand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. And you're right, you know, uh, Peter Hanscom had a good uh, innings in the first uh, test, but he's not made much sense. So he'll want to make some impact here. But it'll be it'll be a really good seesawing sort of a game. So there's no, there's no point in taking your eyes off it if possible. Keep following it because it's going to be very, very, very interesting. That's the way I look yeah. at it. But India have the most to lose, right? They're playing at home. They haven't mm-hmm. lost a series in, I don't know, 12 or 13 seasons here at home. They've lost an occasional test, which like they did in the series but the mm-hmm. the series is not gone but for them it's not about just drawing the series now it's about winning it because that's when they can actually mm-hmm. go to the world test championship final so they already went there yeah. once lost to the black caps that golden generation you know the, oh. those innings um i'll never forget ross taylor and ken williamson in the final so they have some uh, <laughs> history there india they want to set it right so mm. lot to yeah look you definitely feel like india India definitely want to be back at that World Test Championship final and um, have another go at that trophy. So I, yeah, I don't think that they're going to go down in this game without a fight. Pretty much. That's, and we that's definitely want that. whoever. We definitely want whoever makes the final against Australia to win as well. <laughs> I think except <laughs> except Australia, everybody yeah. else. Well, actually, yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually, anyone else um, besides Australia. Tricky, yeah. But but you were just saying that if Australia win and New Zealand win both their games, New Zealand could be on, on the plane over there. No, so, no, no. New Zealand, no, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. My apologies, no. it's only oh, Sri Lanka. Lanka. Sorry, Sri Lanka. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that because it's always very difficult for us when we need New Zealand, uh, we need Australia to win for New Zealand to do better. I don't like that. But now <laughs> that's been taken away from you. So, yeah, hopefully... Yeah, India make the final, and one. yeah, <laughs> go India. That's what we're after. I mean, for or me, Sri Lanka, whoever whoever makes Aust- whoever makes the final against Australia will be supporting that team. I mean, purely from a romantic notion perspective, I must not, uh, you know, uh, I must not write India off ever. But 
I would love it if Sri Lanka were to actually win two tests in New Zealand. Mm. You know, they they won a <laughs> test in South Africa. They won a series in South Africa. No Asian team has done it, mm. right? Mm. India for all the who hype and hoopla, they lost that series to South Africa two one after winning the first test, right? This was twenty twenty one end, I think, right? So, so in any case, so um, New Zealand, um, yeah, they'll want to finish on a high. They're eighth in the World Test Championship table, but they don't mind that right. because they'll have to get up <laughs> out of it. and they want to see themselves right for the next cycle so the way to do it is win win mm. well at home they've always done it so i expect mm. it it will be quite an uphill task for uh, sri lanka but let's see now moving on if you were to take a look at the other test that started yesterday so again a seesawing day of test cricket a proper test match yeah. day if you are a fan <laughs> right so um again a lot of very good contributions a 96 and an 85 even from the south african top order Mm-hmm. but they would feel a bit let down the way they finished the day because look from 3 for 278 most teams maybe lose one more wicket from there they shut shop yeah they sit on it and they you go into the next day at 310 for 3 or 4 or 5 those last mm-hmm. two wickets extra they would have really hurt them because um west indies kept coming back they kept getting better it's almost like west indies starts every test as if it's the first test of a tour and they are learning something <laughs> about the pitch yeah, it yeah. can happen india were and sometimes still are terrible terrible tourists so but they get better and better as the day goes on you see that right so mm. um so the interesting part about this pitch is there are some rough patches outside the um good length areas on both sides of the wicket right almost as if yeah. it were in india like i don't know if you remember the pictures that came out before the first test something like that so yeah, both teams have packed spinners so there are two spinners in the 11 which is so new zealand uh, sorry south africa have two new spinners in keshav maharaj and simon harmer a very very experienced pair for them right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. west indies have brought back gudakesh muthi and he took three wickets actually in the first uh, day already mm-hmm. right so they have roston chase who's like a spinning all rounder so at mm-hmm. least for me aidan makram has sort of proved uh he's hungry to play test match cricket whether he'll succeed outside of south africa this is a always a big big question for any player yeah so aiden makram mm-hmm. will have to see if he's able to bring that fire back now i think his career is on the up and up he's been appointed the t20a captain of south africa he's been appointed mm-hmm. the uh, sunrisers captain for ipl because he won it with the sat20 for the same franchise right yeah so bow yeah. yeah yeah he did so bowuma finally yeah. bought a run or two um 28 tough runs i think <laughs> he always makes tough runs yeah. for me bowuma but i mean after a pair he'll be really happy to get to 28 but then he'll then be disappointed to you know sort of lose it rian rickleton yeah, brought back sure. into the squad again lot of stories here for me right henrik klassen retained uh, rian rickleton after start mm. failure henrik klassen is now the key for south africa on day 2 but then you know the moment there is something the pitch does or maybe West Indians probably they are better with the older ball apparently because Kimar Roach bowled that much better holder there or there about right and but for me the revelation towards the end of the day was Kyle Myers between him yeah, holder and Roach yeah. really well no they, they they really pulled the game back right yeah. so in the first session South Africa were going at four and a half an hour so the first thing West Indies did is to drag the run rate, run rate down slow the game down a little bit right that's very important mm. and from that point on. as the ball got older after the 50th over their sort of seamers people who don't bowl much more than 130 kph 130 132 kph they took over roach myers and holder right they dragged the run rate down they start getting the wickets and of course you cannot keep a guy like joseph out all the time with his pace with that aggression that he brings in he took a wicket as well and he took that important wicket i dare say once tony dozorzi got out i i felt for him when he couldn't get to that 100 i think it was a little bit of a brain fade mm-hmm. something he'll work mm-hmm. out as his career progresses he gave his wicket yeah. to moti bold right yeah. i'm like ah oh, come on mate you can you can avoid this <laughs> <laughs> and no no what really matters is the guy on the other end that really matters mm. he was so well put together until temba stayed with him and you saw yeah. when temba got out he sort of a, was a bit antsy it happens to you probably when your head i don't know what it is to experience getting to a first test 100 but it probably happens to you when you're <laughs> closer to the milestone and the guys on the yeah. other side like like uh, rian rickleton probably he doesn't have the maturity to probably talk at him and say you know block it out man block it out block it out play this over out it's fine it's fine you know you can see he was getting yeah. antsy and he got out that was mm. a bit of a shame for me but all in all 
this test match is set up wonderfully south africa did not get away right they could have been 320 for 3 and then west indies know they are going to face a 500 or something they they, they are not yeah, there absolutely. but then you know keshav maharaj can bat he'll be coming out in the morning in a cup in an hour's time or so mm. right he can bat very well i mean in as much that he can hold one end and gerald courtsy and kagisor abada won't die wondering right so they're going to yeah. keep it to long handle so yeah yeah 400 but bada's a capable batsman so it's a having coming at 11 shows how strong their batting order is all the way down to 11 because kagisor abada is more than capable right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so again it's pretty much the same what we discussed about new zealand right so if west indies can come yeah. back and get three wickets quickly get them under 350 now you start off yeah. almost at an even keel and craig brathwaite mm-hmm. he has one defining innings in the series but he'll want to play one more tagnar and chandrapal he has something to look forward to because he mm-hmm. has shown a lot of promise but then comes the consistency can you score those 40s and 50s when it's not going for you right german blackwood yeah. will only play when the team is in trouble but can he play when the team is also doing okay <laughs> rostin yeah. chase no rostin chase i don't i thought he was one of the people yeah. who might have been left out on the pitch they went with the hard decision they let the really fast guy go shannon gabriel from the last test so mm. the keeper yeah. usually makes some nuggety runs jason holder is due a few right so for me it will be a very interesting test i dare say this one might be a real four or a five day thriller this is the way i look at it yeah yeah i'd agree with you on that yeah one. i yeah i think so i think the only thing is is the west indies are just so inconsistent like they could come out and get 400 or they could come out and get 150 so uh, yeah like you said if if they can knock south africa off early i think they'll have a lot more confidence but i think if south africa get over 400 ahead if um hanrik klassen can dig in and have someone stick around and get a big score hmm. i think the west indies might get a bit on the back foot here i mean that's what disappointed me very much you know what you said exactly yeah on the fourth innings of the first test in the fourth innings so craig brathwaite was out like there was one over to a break i think it was lunch and he was dismissed if he had not been dismissed i think mm. i think it's a bit tough to say it but i think they would have gone a lot closer and they would have even won the first test there was just 250 to chase right so in south africa yeah. you've seen these days it's mostly whose batting can stay a bit steady right mm-hmm. so it's always yeah. around 300 so if you make 300 320 you're always in the game but um even if you are just holding your head i think even 200 220 chases is what we will get in the last innings so that's what happened when india toured and since then as well so um let's see how the test match ends so if we go quickly over to the other games so it's the bangladesh uh, england odi series the t20 series starts today later today mm. but the third of those odis yes. well england had won the series 2-0 wonderful wonderful innings one each by the openers jason roy once and then not the opener but malan right at the top of the order so they had won the games yeah. for england and then comes this um this third odi where you know you thought this is a different pitch the pitch is more even not as slow and slow as uh, you know mirpur but um 246 did not seem enough at the start because um najmul yeah. hussain shanto mushfiqur rahim and shakibal hasan they all came good but then the rest of them didn't do much right again mahmudullah mm-hmm. who only scores when the team is in trouble he usually makes a useful 30 he couldn't get there mm-hmm. tamim iqbal would be very disappointed with his returns in the series as a skipper and also you know as a skipper to lose the series but then jofra archer played two games took three three wickets in both the games that's very positive if you are an england uh, fan but then rehan ahmed yeah. rehan ahmed was given a debut uh, when was the last time a teen leg spinner made a debut for england god knows I mean himself in the tests but i meant in the limited overs games so but he was and he mm-hmm. was bowled more ahead of the more experienced rashid i think they wanted him to get that you know that uh, taste in his uh, palate the first time he was given his full yeah. quota he went for a few runs but that's okay that's that's a part of the game right you have to learn but then yeah. uh, you know mm-hmm. you saw adil rashid get two wickets but uh, you saying uh, mark yeah i think for real ahmed you know series is already won so these are the types of games where you want him to kind of cuts his own cloth right so yeah bring him on before Adi Rashid give him a bit of confidence skip a turn around and says you're my man to get a wicket fair enough it might not, yeah he went for 62 off 10 so he goes at 6.2 and over but these are the games where you really figure out he's probably never really played in these conditions before to the quality of opposition that he's play, playing against mm-hmm. in an ODI game um, obviously he played in Pakistan there in the test series but um, yeah delighted for him to be honest um, he's he played really well in Pakistan and looking forward to seeing what he can bring across all formats for England. Absolutely. Look, it is, a... 
it's awesome to see Jofra Archer back as well. Sorry to interrupt. Like, yeah, I was just um, going to say, yeah. I was just going to say, Jofra Archer is the, um, yeah, I love that he's back in the system. He's, he's such a firecracker. Um, yeah. I just love watching him bowl. So, yeah, it's just, you can see three wickets there um, off 8.5. So, a, a good performance from him and just so much fun to have him back on the cricket field. Absolutely. I mean, just to give you a little bit of a assessment, if you are playing all your life in the England or in these conditions, if you go to Asia anywhere and the ball starts ragging of a length, you're like, wow, yeah. I want to play here all mm-hmm. the time. You know, I think um, uh, <laughs> I think the spinner, uh, what's his name, Kuneman said, right, I want to take indoor pitch home, right, where he took yeah. a 5 hour <laughs> before lunch on the first day. He's like, I want to take this pitch home. Can I please? So, you know, yeah. it's you feel so much more enthusiastic, but then it's not about getting carried away, but, you know, still remembering yeah. you have to still bowl the same lens that you did back home, but let the pitch do the rest, right? Yeah, and I so, think that's why it's so, it's so good to have Ryan Ahmed play in these games because he's 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. As a young leg spinner, especially as a leg spinner, you see it ragging as far as what it does in the likes of India or Bangladesh. There is the opportunity there to get overexcited and to start trying to do all of these different things, like throw your googly in, you know, really toss it up, bowl full, both mm. fuller because you're trying to induce the edge. So these learning curves are going to be so ex- so important for his experience going forward. I think oh, as much as the game, the time he spends in the nets here, yeah. that will yeah. sort of give him that confidence as well as that belief, you know, especially in the longer format. For me, I'm really looking forward to a match-winning leg spinner in the England 11 at all times. So I'm a leg spinner myself. It's, it's a tough art and you get to grips with it about seven or eight years of bowling at whichever level you're bowling, right? It, it is that right. tough. Yeah. But then yeah. for you to get there, you have to, that the journey can't be replaced. So, and you're always the bowler to whom the captain goes for wickets. You're sometimes costly. Um, and yeah. that that's a part of your trade, right? So th- that's how you are. But then uh, you can sometimes break a game apart in a matter of five hours. So that's also possible. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Com- coming back to the chase, you know, um, England started pretty decently and there was one failure for David Malan, but they were there or thereabouts, right? Up until Sam mm-hmm. Curran and Josh Butler. So Sam Curran was promoted as a lefty, right? Up the order. Mm-hmm. So they have two of those, yeah. right? So there's also Moeen Ali. So they chose to promote Sam Curran and he sort of did his bit. The only thing, if anything, was he took a bit more time, but it, there was time to be taken in this in this yeah. game. But mm-hmm. then Shakib Al-Hassan, I mean, what a competitor, right? So he becomes the third player after Shahid Afridi and Sanaj Surya to get to 6,000 runs and 300 ODI wickets, right? So, wow. master, he's real master. Such a good player. I mean, yeah. him, yeah. we'll only realize how good he's been once he's done. One of those players, yeah, he took a 4-4, four, four, yeah. put the game to bed for uh, Bangladesh, gave them that win, right? But more importantly, Shakib can do this. He, win, he won the game completely on his own, you must say, because highest scorer with the bat and then comes back yeah. and takes four wickets. And in yeah. most games, he even opens mm-hmm. the bowling, right? In these helpful conditions. It's quite something, quite something. So, um, I mean, as I said, for me, the numbers he puts up are not really relevant while he continues to play. But the moment he hangs up his boots, you'll see, oh, God, really? So it's like Vettori. Like until he played, he was like, hmm. ah, this guy is there or thereabouts. He takes one or two wickets in each game. Yeah, I mean, look at he's played 100 tests, only 300 wickets. But then once he retires is when you really see, oh, really? Hmm. That sort of longevity, that many runs too? Really? So it mm. comes up only towards the end of a career or at the end of a career. So quite for me, the best bowling all, uh, all-rounder pound for pound or just the best all-rounder pound for pound is right now Shaki Balasan. Yeah. Jadeja is there or thereabouts. If when he's not injured, we'll have to see how he shapes up. He's also closer to the end than the beginning, right, Jadeja? But yeah. more so mm. with Shakib, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying about Shakib. Mm. Sorry just to interrupt because I, I feel like Shakib will then always try to be better health if, if you're not sort of at the top of the accolades you know he's always going to be hungry for more wickets or more runs and then Leah, like you said at the end of his career we're going to be like oh my gosh that guy was so good but for now he's just gonna be playing better and better cricket yeah I think the thing about Shakib is the best compliment I can pay him is if he doesn't do well Bangladesh do not win yeah, it's just yeah. as simple as that. That's the like he. I'm not going to say he carries the team, but he is that good compared to the players that he plays with. That if he does well, Bangladesh can have a chance to win the game. But if he doesn't perform, mm. they just do not stand a chance for me. Especially when they're playing at home. So 
they have found a few new stars people who can stand up the captain himself tamim did a lot litan das has had a very quiet series which you can after really a blockbuster sort of year that he's had and then mahmudullah usually makes these critical runs so these three or four people right tamim is closer to the end but more so mushfiq shakib and mahmudullah so these are the golden generation yeah. the you know the fab four so to say of bangladesh cricket so we're going to shortly see the mall sort of take a bow so i'm going to wait how bangladesh cricket um, shapes up after that really it's quite a challenge yeah. that they have because when four such really big players really impactful players and probably the best players of their generation in the team walk out there'll be quite a big um, dip in performance so these youngsters have to put up their um put up their game and then say no we are not going to let our team down so with sri lanka you saw it right so um you have to you have to have you saw it with australia as well right absolutely. when you know langer hayden warn mcgrath all retired around the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. their performances dropped off and it's hard to lose four absolute kingpins in any team so yeah so something to look forward to if you are a bangladeshi fan that's why you want these occasional good performances from afif hasan completely quiet right so all of these people mehdi hasan miraz mm-hmm. is now also the next generation for them so you want them to stand up right so let's see yeah. how it goes now um, mm-hmm. irani trophy so i just wanted to quickly round that out that is the the name is irani cup uh, it is actually mm-hmm. uh, played between the champions of ranji trophy the first class champions in india and the rest of india uh, okay ranji trophy champions of last year uh-huh. were madhya pradesh and this was a proper five day thriller as uh, rene would put it so it was played on us <laughs> in a steady pitch so you know the rest of india always con- contains people who want to make their name be known they're sort of the almost the next next cabs of the rank so to say when it comes to yeah. test match cricket so you mm-hmm. had mayank agarwal who until recently played for india in tests but now is sort of in one uh, rung lower he was the captain he couldn't do much but then these two people Abhi- abhimanyushwaran has been in the test match squad a couple of times he couldn't get a game he made right. 154 yeah. yashasvi jaiswal is very young but is the real up and coming mm-hmm. talent one of those people whom you know will find a place in the team in the next couple of years once these big guns go cheteshwar pujara kohli go this guy will come back into the team into the indian team right, right? Yeah. then you have yashdhul again sort of a very bright talent a lot to look forward to from him he's recently the world cup winner under 19 world cup winner for india then you have the likes of baba indrajit who have been there or thereabouts mm-hmm. like mayank agarwal now he's in the second rung but he never made it to the first rung so people like him and then a bunch of bowlers like navdeep saini is sort of injury prone but can bowl really fast you have uh, mm-hmm. some journeyman cricketers from the first class like mukesh kumar atit sheth these are all journeyman cricketers who've mm-hmm. been now very close to the national team selection so with umesh yadav shami sort of closer to the end bumrah's body we don't know where it's going right so you need yeah, some of these people to sort of be there or thereabouts and play as close to the highest level as possible so these are the people yeah. names so that's why i'm uh, laying some of these names out for you but then you know a ranji trophy team winner the first class winner usually the pedigree is always there these guys very narrowly failed to make the knockouts this time madhya pradesh and mm. they showed they had the fight in them so it was even though there, there was enough of a gap in the first innings uh, when it comes to the scores uh, yashasvi jaiswal made 200s in the game just as a reminder knock knock i'm right here to the selectors yeah i was right. just looking at that he had a bit of, he had a bit of a day out there didn't he had a great time <laughs> no because look there are a couple of people missing out here there is a sarfraz khan from mumbai who's i thought was very unlucky to miss out on india selection and probably he should have been in the first test according to most people right. if not this guy right here ashish vijayswal because look surya kumar yadav is really good and he's sort of in that uh, indian setup so to say in both the limited overs uh, teams right but they gave him a game ahead of somebody like one of these two that was a bit surprising for many of us who follow the game a bit more closely at least the first class setup in india yeah. but then you know the the result happened the way uh, it, it, you know diminishing diminishing returns uh, exactly how you expect in a test match and then madhya pradesh lost but then that's okay it was a very competitive game then nonetheless and some some highlights as i said for those Uh, who are sort of putting their names up for selection in india when it comes to first class cricket now well just a quick uh, review of the ongoing wpl i'm i'm not followed following every game but then rcbi follow and apparently they've started exactly the way the men started three <laughs> losses in a row huge drubbings well not huge drubbings but their bowlers considering a lot of runs uh, what is should be used to it yeah come on i mean what what is it with rcbi i mean 
your your bowlers always go out there concede 200 so then <laughs> your batsmen try their best they came to 119 yesterday's game right in fact mm. i dare say there were some not so clever uh, exchanging of strikes in the 17th and the 18th over that probably cost them a game because it was just two wickets and there was somebody who was capable of landing those hits in heather night at the crease she yeah, played 30 so she of them pretty well yeah yeah, yeah I mean, she was going well i think kanika huja when she was dismissed so it was just you know always like that it's it's those 9 out of 10 you have to make 10 out of 10 you went to 9 right and then yeah. basically it was australian quality that won them the game uh, the gujarat uh, giants because uh, annabel sutherland and ashley gardner mm-hmm. well annabel sutherland was talked around quite for quite a lot but they kept persisting with her because when the time came she would still deliver those goods she did kim garth yeah. at the top of the bowling so you know indian women bowlers are not yet standing up in this tournament this is the one thing i want indian women cricketers are making the runs the top order batting is coming mm-hmm. good harleen diol in this case right and dalan hemalata you see they'll make the runs but then for me the indian bowling needs to stand up so i told you when the ipl happened the men's game changed quite a lot the fitness aspect the strategizing yeah. everything changed mm. right so we want this to happen for the women's game so maybe the first two seasons we'll see that the women's game is also going to slowly pick it up for me the bowling is the real difference and that needs to change yeah you're pretty hopeful there i think that obviously indian women's cricket's going to go the same way they've still got a good team they're littered with superstars the indian women's team but what i guess what you're trying to have is what the culture of the ipl has created is having you know players who can come in from your um regional teams I don't it's not called county cricket but you know your the players who are sat on the sidelines are coming in and they've played these games that are high intensity um and the experience that they get from themselves and well to go forward in their career um but i think you know the the flip side of that is the international women's game is going to go really well for us because the opportunity is the likes of ash gardner and bob sullivan sophia dunkley heather knight elise perry sophie divine all those international players in this game having the opportunity to play a tournament in india whereas they've maybe not had that many opportunities before is pretty huge yeah I, the 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 concept of the wpl is is phenomenal and it's so exciting to see women's cricket um celebrated like this and and i'm sure all the all the indian fans are getting behind it um and like you said i think it's just a a manner of a matter of time before the uh, indian women and these teams sort of get up to that high performance because you you've got to be inspired as an indian player to be playing with ashley gardner mm-hmm. who's one of the best women's cricketers um in the world you've got her the night there um sophie divine she scored she scored 66 she's only new zealander in the, in the tournament so shout out to sophie divine um you've got elise perry there so i just the experience that these players are getting is so exciting to me absolutely look that's the one thing and what you said right there is a big setup there there is a big setup that uh, you know the rasmatas that's already there mm-hmm. that'll automatically be brought in the bollywood dancing the big lights the crackers all yeah. that right that's good but at the end of the day it's about really the cricketing skills on the field picking up what uh, mark also highlighted for me there are superstars who are all batting superstars once uh, julan goswami retired mm. we don't have really many bowling superstars i want the next next uh, setup renuka thakurs you know dailan himalata snehrada all yeah. of these people to actually step up be mm-hmm. the superstars like shami is umesh yadav is right so i want them to also yeah. become those sort of superstars who can win games for india mm-hmm. and also what rene said is absolutely pivotal lot of women cricketers getting to tour india getting to understand more of those conditions getting comfortable there this mm-hmm. ipl did for the top league of cricketers everywhere yeah. in the world playing in india became the rigor yeah. so i'm saying this mm-hmm. might still happen but then the cricket will also grow the challenges will be there that means the local cricketers yeah. will get that much better and it goes on so it's 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 all for the good right that's what i'm going to say yeah it's all a great cycle right is the the overseas superstars get more attuned mm-hmm. to playing in indian conditions so your local bowlers have to get better and they're bat- they're bowling against them in the nets every day mm-hmm. so they're be- they're picking up things that they see from your your international superstars and i think that's where the ipl did so well for indian cricket was all of these players came over and it was just mm-hmm. it's like one big community of cricket just sharing knowledge which is now paying dividends for the indian team absolutely um, but also for other teams around the world so it's it's really exciting to see especially for women's cricket at the moment Yeah. I I think that you um you've now something there Jeet because I think there's a real opportunity for um an Indian woman and in one of these teams to just stand up and make a 
you know, show-stopping performance because I'm just looking through some of these scores and and it, it is your common names in women's cricket who are so far doing really well, like your um, Hayley Matthews from the West Indies, um, Heather Knight, Ash Gardner, as we said. But if, if there's sort of this unknown person who can do something so cool, like that's what will move the game forward and that's what will give you lots of notice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited for this tournament. I wish it was at a better time, though. It's on at like 3 a.m. <laughs> So oh, don't you yeah, worry. We have the time. same complaint. If you are in India or if you are anywhere in Europe, you're like, what time do you play a cricket? I, you know, that that last day of that amazing thing, series between New Zealand and England, oh, yeah. I couldn't catch any of it all. I went to bed yeah. when Ben Stokes came into bat. Can you imagine? And then I wake up in the morning and I see this, this result. It broke my heart that I couldn't watch it. Right. But yeah, it's what it's meant to be. Now, um, yeah. moving on. Mm. Um, some interesting news. So, Aidan Makram, we already discussed, mm. he was appointed the T20 captain, but Temba Bobuma was dropped. I mean, his returns deserved that he be dropped. So, I think they quietly made him give up the captaincy. Mm. And then yeah. he was uh, let go from the team. But then, what is this that Faf Duplessis may make a comeback? At least <laughs> yes. because it's between, you know, that, that coach, Rob Walter, who handles the, um, you know, the uh, limited or squad for South Africa. I think he and between him and Faf Duplessis, they have a very nice bond. Over the years, mm-hmm. there's some talks going on in the background. Do you think uh, Faf? I wouldn't say deserves a comeback, but so yeah, go on. Interesting. It's an interesting question because I, I had a quick look before we started. Um, and so Faf Duplessis retired from Test cricket a, a few years back, but he actually never officially retired from the short formats. Um, he just wasn't named in the team for the past three years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like he's, he's kind of never been officially retired. So. Is it a comeback? It, it is kind of, it's a bit odd. Like you said, they probably want some young blood in there with, with some of their team getting older. Um, but I don't know, on the flip side, we've sort of been saying for a while, South African cricket is a, a little bit of a mess. So maybe someone like Fafta Duplessy could pull this team together. Hmm. Yeah, it's odd. It's odd. <laughs> Mark? Yeah, I think it's all it's all well and good wanting young players to come through, but if you haven't got young players making your runs, then you've got mm. someone like Faf Duplessis who's just is such a good player. Like mm. he had a really good um big bash tournament in Australia in the 2020 format. So I think you know he's still got it. He's still such a class player. Yeah. Um that you'd be quite remiss in not allowing him the opportunity to make his own place back in the team again. Given everything that he's done for South African cricket as well for quite a number of years, mm. I think you know he deserves another opportunity. If he doesn't perform, fair enough. But it's not as if he's going to do any worse than I think you know the younger players that just mm. aren't able to really take that opportunity at the moment. I think South Africa also need. Uh, so just one more thing: South Africa need a good ODI World Cup this year. They've had they had a very disappointing 2019 World Cup. They had a very memorable semi-final loss to New Zealand in 2015 so so maybe that that's what it's about is it are they looking to not choke at a World Cup and is Faf Duplessis that person I don't know but it's an interesting situation I'm keen to keep an eye on it Hmm. look I'll give you an opposite view so he's not been a part (laughs) of the setup for three years now there have been new captains there have been new management there has been a different ethos and don't you forget this guy had a enough chances as a captain to go at a World Cup and try and win something, right? Mm. World Cups. But for me, once you've moved on, it's better to just leave those people who've sort of faded into the sunset be there. For me, you have the likes of Deval Brevis, Baby AB as he's called, right? And Mm -hmm. you have these other big hitters. In South Africa, you always, so the latest SST 20 tournament also threw up a few names, which you would rather go with somebody who's 24, 25, 26, if not 20, right? Let him fail more often because he's an investment into the future. This guy, even if you were to bring him back with all the accolades, with all the runs he's just made in the last couple of seasons, even, it's still going to be a stopgap. You don't see him there in the team. And however well he may gel within the ethos of this team, this guy had his own setup at some point in time. So he might bring in new ideas. Yeah, yeah. You can always hire him as a consultant. But for me, his days of playing in South African colors have come and gone. I dare say, blood a youngster, let him make those mistakes so that he can learn. This is my way of thinking. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say that 
either thought trail is right or wrong. You're probably more right in what you're saying is that kind of what we said about Ray and Ahmed earlier, right, is give them the opportunities to figure out their game against the best players. Um, Faf Duplessis knows his game is 39 this year. How long is he actually going to stick around? Probably not that much longer. So, yeah, maybe give your younger players an opportunity, but also having somebody in the squad like Faf Duplessis is only going to help your younger players. So I'm kind of on the fence about it, personally. I would love to see him back from a selfish perspective. I think he's such a great player. But I do hear what you say, and I don't necessarily disagree with what you say either, Roger, in terms of having your younger players and giving them the exposure to to good experience. Bernie, another rebuttal? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really on the fence about it. And I'm just wondering, like, would we be having this conversation if it wasn't Faf Duplessis? Like, is there someone else out there who, who would want to make a comeback and we would immediately shut that down? So, I, yeah. But I, I'm also like, if, if you give Faf Duplessis a comeback, is he sort of almost going to get a bit arrogant about it and think that he's almost invincible? And is that going to serve South Africa? cricket when they are in a bit of a troubled spot so hmm. yeah I'm I'm really I'm really really on the fence about this look because I, I like you said I love him as a player he's so good but should he just ride out the t20 league that's that's my way driving no that's my way yeah. I mean he'll have this occasional gems of innings but playing mm-hmm. at the international mm-hmm. cricket is definitely one level step up again we don't know if he'll be able to make it mm-hmm. again so we've seen Sometimes players who stayed out of uh, the big international setup for a couple of years, trying to make a comeback, not getting much there. She, she, I think Sanaj Jaisuriya did it once, right? And especially yeah. in a smaller mm-hmm. cricket setup, uh, there are going to be people like this given chances. But then South Africa is a huge cricketing setup. I think they should simply move on. Because yeah. you are talking of who else, right? A.B. de Villiers, I think every other World Cup, they keep talking of, you know, somebody talks of bringing him back. I mean, it's gone. It's a, they're done. Their best days are behind them. They chose to, they chose to stay away, or the parts that we chose to not select them for a reason. I think it's just time yes. to move on from there. Yeah, it, I think it also brings up the question of should a player have a contract with their country and be allowed to pick and choose when they play for their country? Like, should Factor Duplessy, you know, should he be allowed to only choose to play in World Cups and just not play these other series around the country? And and it's a debate that New Zealand cricket are having with Trent Bolt. Just about to say, I thought you were talking about Trent Bolt yeah. before. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, it's a good one. It's also very correct that uh, the nature of professional sport itself is going to change, mm. whether we like or not, professional cricket yeah. here. Because mm. if you know what has happened to football, the club game is bigger than the international game. Yeah. Uh, European, yeah. you know, EPL final is probably bigger than... Um, World Cup final in many cases right because of the players that are playing and so on so but at the end of the day that's how probably professional sports will evolve and I think teams have to make their decisions strictly with what they want what they want for their future Mm -hmm. it's impossible to let a player pick and choose simply because no matter how good he or she is um, it's about the team ethos and what the team needs at a given time Right, but yeah. you cannot stop a player from going and earning a living because they have a limited limited amount of years. It's not like they're going to work after they're forty and they're going to only get going to get better with experience and so on. No, like I work in yeah, IT, yeah. I can tell you that it's a different, slightly different game. <laughs> a cricketer or a footballer, you have a ten-year mm-hmm. career, maybe a fifteen-year mm-hmm. career if you're lucky at the highest level, right? So then you have to make the most of it. So players may end up playing less games for their national teams more on a league circuit t20 whichever that is mm-hmm. right but they earn their living but then they give their best couple of years for a national team and that's how it's going to be so what we see with uh, trent bolt i would never blame him he has a young family at home he's closer to the end of his career and that's what mm-hmm. that's what you do so but people like more remarkable chose to retire you took 300 test wickets you decided you had enough you are done enough of a service for your country, you retire and then you go into the leagues. But Trent Bolt has not done that because he's kept his options open because New Zealand has a smaller cricketing setup. And he has still yeah. a chance to come back and play. Mm-hmm. Right? In England, in South Africa, in India, they would say goodbye, good luck. Right? They would wave well, off. Wave you off. Say that. Yeah, you say that. But about three or four years ago, um, Eddie Rashid decided that he wasn't going to go and play red ball cricket mm-hmm. at all. He took a white ball contract um, and then two months later found himself somehow in the test match squad. 
Um, hmm. The only bit that I've got to say about this, the only concern that I've got about this is the more money that gets pumped into these leagues, the more that the younger players are going to reject red ball cricket and go straight to white ball cricket and become franchise players. You look at the West Indies and what they've done over the last seven or eight years is their players aren't playing for the West Indies because they're prioritising T20 tournaments, hmm. which is fine because that's where the money is. But also you're losing your best international players to tournament cricket. Um, and that is the that's the worry. I think that's where international cricket, the ICC, needs to step in, or at least have a look at it and see what negotiations can take place to make sure that the best players are playing in the best tournaments, but also international tournaments as well. I somehow feel ICC as a body cannot helm this sort of a discussion simply because it's very nuanced for every country mm. differently. For India, it will be differently nuanced than for England, for New Zealand. So this is something that has to happen really between the board and the players concerned, simply because India has such a huge pool of players. South Africa similar, England is similar. But maybe New yeah. Zealand, Sri Lanka, not so much. West Indies, not so much. So mm-hmm. you, you see, you saw that first, the set of a professional player and ethos first in West Indies, actually. Right? Yes, you have oh, T20, yeah. T20 pros who want to go out there and uh, probably earn a buck. You have somebody like Sunil Narayan completely turning his back on the West Indian setup simply because, look, it, it was, it's a hard numbers. What he earned yeah, yeah. in seven years of West Indian contract would be what he would earn in eight weeks of IPL in one year. So you can yeah. immediately understand where that that affinity comes from. It's also about the individual, right? So anyway, it's, it's so nuanced that probably it'll take another 30 minutes of a discussion. So but yeah. <laughs> I just feel such a such a discussion can only be had between the players and the cricket setup in a country rather than a world body like ICC trying to get in there because they will not actually have too much of a stake. One thing for them, a successful tournament means successful tournaments, uh, successful teams competing. But then who are the superstars of a team is usually decided within the team. There are always big players everywhere. And you say, this is a big former player. This is a big current player. There may be bigger draws, but then it's usually still the teams that draw people rather than individual players. I mean, this is my thought process and so on. So, okay. Mm. Moving on, a couple of just mentions. So, Scotland News, we have Doug Walters, Doug Watson. Sorry, Doug Walters is a different name. My bad. He uh, is taking up uh, interim head coach position, sort of trying to see Scotland to get qualified. So as we were discussing earlier, there are some qualifiers coming up in Namibia and Zimbabwe, I think, for the World Mm. Cup. So that's going to be interesting because Nepal have done really well in the tournament that is currently ongoing between Namibia, PNG, UAE and Nepal in UAE. Nepal have won a series of games. They were all low scoring games. Right, but Nepal have made a very mm. strong comeback. So Nepal were in the sixth or the seventh position in the League Two. So the set of teams that are trying to compete and trying to qualify for the World Cup in 2023 in India. So Nepal have put a very strong foot forward. Right. So if you look at the yeah. top five, suddenly UAE have dropped out of the top five. So that means UAE who are mm. in a very good position will now have to go and play another qualifier. So they'll have to play two qualifiers. One in Namibia, yeah. try to fin- finish there in the finals or winning that and then go back and then play another qualifier in Zimbabwe. So it's going to be quite a road back for UAE. But Nepal mm. suddenly yeah, have put a really f- strong foot forward. And then those results really have affected how UAE will go ahead. Yeah, it's... I always thought the UAE were going to struggle, to be honest. But then I'm looking at the table now, some of the teams that are in the United States, for example, um, Mm -hmm. a team that I I thought UAE would probably not struggle as much, given that some of the IPL tournaments took place there during COVID and obviously the Pakistan series has been taking place there for the last few years before international cricket returned back to Pakistan. Um, we have a bit of a shame there for UAE. Um, hopefully they can see their way through those qualifiers to still have a chance of qualifying for that 2023 uh, World Cup in India. Absolutely. Look, it was just those three games. They lost all three. Yeah. We couldn't have thought of this in a while, that UAE would not be there in the top five, but Nepal have leapfrogged them. See, Oman have done consistently well. Scotland are right at the top of the tree. In fact, they might be the next yeah. cap of the rank if you want a test match team, but that's a discussion for another time. But Oman, Namibia and United States, United States did a lot of good jobs, a lot of good tournaments playing at home. So they won a lot of games mm. there and they secured that. They're still not completely safe, but you could say they're relatively safe and they're fine. So, But then UAE will have to yeah. then compete with Papua New Guinea, all of these other teams in uh, Namibia. 
all right those are the other news that we wanted to discuss it's been a very fruitful discussion and rather a very mm. very nuanced discussion i really liked what we did here so thank you very much to both of you for your uh, participation in our podcast thanks for having us on it's it's been an absolute pleasure yeah thanks for having us absolutely yeah we love talking cricket um yeah like you said we we are armchair critics as well so it's been a lot of fun to to debate it and yeah i'm sure other people have got opinions too from the way we discussed i think i would love to have you back as guests again sometime shortly maybe each of you but maybe both of you so it's it's been fantastic chatting with you <laughs> and uh, we work better as a pair fair enough <laughs> So I I see that as well but I saw some interesting strengths <laughs> as you each spoke by yourself so in in any case I would love to have you both so um would you like to shout out about your own podcast any upcoming projects anything uh go on Renee you yeah. better uh, broadcast <laughs> yes. voice than I do Oh goodness me. Um yeah so we 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 run the back of a link podcast. We have a new episode out I sort of Wednesday or Thursday throughout the New Zealand summer. Um so If you want to go back you can catch some highlight episodes about our New Zealand England series and about um the Super Smash which is New Zealand's local T20 league um otherwise we'll be looking forward to the Sri Lanka series um see how New Zealand goes in their test matches and then onto a short form series which I'm very interested in because a number of players leave for the IPL so we can see some uh fringe black caps come through and finish off the New Zealand season there um so like we said that's out uh Wednesday or Thursday New Zealand time on Spotify and on YouTube and we're all over social media back of the link podcast perfect i'll i will also add a link to your twitter handle so our listeners oh, okay, can also get in yeah. touch with you So thank you very much for your participation. We wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from. Bye bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.